Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Kristen Hinman. She is the host of Cut the Crap podcast, which delivers unfiltered business advice and strategies to entrepreneurs who are truly committed to doing what it takes to achieve the growth and success that they know that they are capable of. Kristen is also the founder and creative director of digital marketing agency, PR Media and works with brands day in and day out to leverage their success into new opportunities. She is the woman to talk to for a no-nonsense approach to finding stability and profit in your business. In today's conversation, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. She has a wealth of knowledge that I could have just kept asking her questions and questions and questions, but there's so much value packed into this conversation. So let's dive in. Kristen, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So you were just telling me that your intuition kind of naturally guided you to to make a few changes, some shifts in your business before all of this global crisis started happening. Can you tell me a little bit about that story, what your intuition was guiding you to do and what the result of that has been? Yeah. Um... 
I didn't know that it was guiding me. It kind of hit me over the head, to be honest. Yeah, that happens sometimes too. <laughs> um, but what there was sort of these series of events that had led up to. Um, it actually started kind of last summer when I um, I actually brought on one of my weaknesses. Kind of running my business has always been looking at the finances and really understanding like what is, what isn't, and how it all plays together. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like thankfully found someone here to support me with that, who I just adore because she just like lays it all out. Mm-hmm. And so sort of through this process of like understanding that, I was really able to see like now fast forward to earlier this year that. Um, there were just things that were happening in my business that one, I wasn't totally aligned with two had kind of shifted since I started my business in March of 2016. So that was over four years ago now. And you know, that I was still kind of doing because they were, you know, like they were profitable and making me money. And so I just, I sort of like now looking at all this information, I think in, February and like having support around that, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this isn't like, this isn't really going in the direction that I'm feeling pulled in right now. Mm-hmm. And also I have some like major life things coming up. I'm pregnant and I'm having a baby in the, at the end of September, uh, our third kid. And so like all of these things kind of happened at once. And I just, um, we've talked about this before. I'm a sacral authority. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I sort of like heard that question of like, is I, I, it was like a no, like this, this isn't the direction I want to keep going as soon as I asked myself that question. And so I ended up having to tie up a lot of loose ends. I kind of downsized my business and, um, really only kept and took on the clients that I really still love supporting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I let a, I let go an employee I had been working with and actually helped her transition to a different agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wrapping things up and I remember talking to someone who I was like ending kind of a relationship with. And I was like, it needs to be done by this day. Like this is our day. And we were kind of going back and forth and she's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know why, but it has to be this day. <laughs> and it was sort of then within a week about of that day, the pandemic kind of hit the US, it felt like. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, it was, thank goodness, because we were actually, we were traveling to see my family in Hawaii. And my husband also has his own business. So, you know, I was with the kids and it was just during this very uncertain time that I all of a sudden had kind of um, pulled back on like the commitments and almost like the uh, like the hustle or the force of like continually trying to draw drive forward where I knew I still want to go forward, but I'm not exactly certain how, but that's kind of, yeah. So that's in a nutshell of kind of how it happened. That's so interesting. And I actually, that really reminds me of just the hesitation I've heard so many people express around evolving within their business, pivoting within their business. And I think there can be some fear around rebranding, downsizing, saying no to money. And what does that mean? And am I allowed to say no to money or am I allowed to downsize? Am I allowed to make changes? And my personal brand and business has evolved like two major times now. So this is kind of like the third evolution of me and my business. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on allowing businesses to evolve and to change over time. Yeah, it, to your point, it certainly 
was, um, you know, I was kind of saying that the person was like, why this day? It, it felt very sudden, but for me, it just, it felt right. Like I, I have always been someone where I make a decision. Like once I make a decision, I can go, I can move full force through it. Mm-hmm. And, um, that doesn't always happen for everyone I know, but it, it's, it's the power of stepping into that decision. I don't know if it's the right decision. All I know is that it feels like the right decision mm-hmm. and it feels like the way I should go. But I think a lot of people get stuck in like, oh, what if, you know, and then you're kind of stuck in between both. Like you're stuck with a foot forward and a foot behind you and you can't be effective in either. Mm-hmm. I mean, the opposite end of that decision is I could have kept driving forward down the path I was going, mm-hmm. which I think also would have been really successful, but it wasn't quite aligned with um, where I necessarily want to go. And even though I'm not 100% clear on, let's say, a final destination, so to speak, mm-hmm. it's still like, I still know that this is the right direction. And so I think for a lot of people, it can be really difficult to first actually make the decision and then have to make the decisions that support you going in that direction because that's actually the hardest part is then sort of downsizing and trusting that you do know that that was that was for you yeah well it sounds to me like there's a lot of self-trust that is required of I trust that my mind my body my spirit are guiding me in the right direction even if it doesn't make perfect sense right away I still trust that this is the path that I'm meant to take and I just think that that really it requires us to garner up that courage to say, I'm, I am going to do this. I'm going to pivot or I'm going to downsize, or I'm going to hire more people for more support. And I'm going to grow my business, regardless of what the change is. There's a lot of listening to intuition and a lot of trust, I think required. And, you know, so many business owners talk about inconsistency and income. And one of the things that you teach and mentor on Kristen is, how to find stability and actual profit in business. Cause I, I think there's also misconception around, I mean, it's amazing and celebrate the hell out of yourself when you make your first dollar in your business. But those first few dollars don't necessarily mean profitable. And so what are, what approach do you take when you're coaching people on finding that stability and profit in their business? Also with keeping in mind that most of the business owners listening to this show are in the coaching, self-development, personal development industry? Mm, That's a great question. First of all, I would say that I think what happens a lot of times is, you know, to your point, you start making a little bit of money or maybe you're on a bunch of different platforms and you're really busy. And so there's definitely a difference between kind of staying busy and actually doing the things required to move your business forward. There's a and and the way that i sort of dissect that that's that's maybe like the bigger picture overview but the way that i dissect that is i actually have people start with how do you want to feel and i know you're big into this i've listened to a couple of your past shows recently of like you know where are you sitting how does it feel what kind of money do you want to make what are you and that's sort of the manifestation process that you have described and once you can once you can get that 
that's, um, that's really helpful for me. Like when I work with clients to understand where they want to go and how they want it to look and what it's going to look like for them. And so even just doing that process for yourself specifically around your business and setting measurable goals that, uh, and a timeline of when you want to achieve that, that's really helpful. And from there, what the, the second part of that is understanding where you've been and where you are and being really honest. I mean, I spoke to this earlier is like, what have you sold up to date? Because when I have people do this, what's really interesting is often they're really passionate about, let's say a certain product that they've put out or a retreat. For instance, I, I remember talking to someone who just loved doing these retreats, but when she really looked at it, she loved it, but they weren't really like her profit centers. Yeah. Something else she was doing. And, and it was it wasn't until she actually had it listed out in black and white of like this generated X amount for me in this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not to say that, that you're going to follow those numbers, so to speak. I mean, let's say retreats are your thing. Now we know though, how can we put more energy and effort behind what it is that really lights you up? But also, you know, in a way that's not going to total, like if you're making six times the money selling a group coaching program, but you're burnt down on it, mm-hmm. how can we now transition you into doing something else that you or like, whatever that next step looks like for you. Yeah. And so I have, I have a process that I take people through and, and that's kind of the, the, the bigger picture of it. But really it's, it's understanding where you want to go, where you've been. And then sort of filling in the blanks in between with the data and information you already have so that you know what it looks like to make those steps and what's going to make, is there a decision that you can make right now in the short term that's going to move you forward? Or is this sort of decision that you're faced with or time that you're spending, is it going to be better suited to serve you in the long run? Like, is this going to build up your podcast following? Is this going to build up your Instagram following? So yes, maybe you should be doing a little bit every day, but you shouldn't be spending all your time there. Yeah. That's, it's so easy. I'm putting myself back in my own shoes of year one inside of my business. And I was just desperate for any money and any client. And I really never zoomed out. I never zoomed out to ask myself. I mean, I wasn't doing P&Ls at the end of the month. I wasn't looking at my numbers. I was just kind of flailing. (laughs) And it was, you know, it was a business, but I didn't look at it from the big picture. I was more like stuck in the everyday, how can I build this community? How can I make more money? What program should I launch next? But not looking at it as far as how do I want to feel and what is most sustainable for me. And I I think I was just asking a lot of the wrong questions unknowingly because I, you know, I didn't have a coach that helped me from the beginning. I didn't hire anyone to start and I didn't really know what I was doing. I just was listening to my heart that said, do this, (laughs) like go forward and do it. And I just think that that guidance, the tips you just shared are so helpful because it allows us to zoom out a little bit and look at the big picture and ask those empowering questions around what do I, how do I want to feel? What do I love doing, but also what's most profitable within my business and then build more of a framework and a structure around that. And I think even just having framework and structure is something I did not have in the beginning of my business. And having that makes everything feel so much better. You also, I saw on your Instagram recently posted about how to 
gain more clients or customers based on whether you have more of a service-based or you know product-based business. But again, most people listening, I, I would think have more of a service-based business. But how do we consistently attract people into our space without your, your, um, I'm quoting you now, without feeling like you're flying by the seats of your pants and instead let this feel like a natural, more organic process or an easier process versus, again, if I put myself back, you know, about four years ago myself too, when I started my business, it was so, it felt so hard. It felt so hard to get those clients. And now they just kind of trickle in, but I'd love to hear your your take on how we can all do that in a way that also protects our energy. Mm, yeah. And yeah, to your point, I, I, I have started working in more of like a consulting and coaching capacity in the last year. And up to that point, I had worked with pretty traditional businesses. I, I still have an agency that I run and operate and we focused a lot on paid traffic and which just means like spending money online, doing advertising and how to attract people. And you know, what I realized is that these businesses are service-based businesses too. And so a lot of that translates into exactly what probably your audience is listening to. And one of the biggest things I think, you know, what you're speaking to about in year one of your business, which I've been there, I have, I had almost the exact same, same experience. And I think a lot of people do yeah, because you're excited and it's also, it's good because you have to kind of figure out who you want to work with and who you don't and what you like doing and what you don't and yeah. what's worth your time. All the, all these things that you learn, you have to learn on the fly when it's just you. And I think the best way that I've found when I guide people through this is to, to what happens is we get really overwhelmed because we start seeing all the other people. I think we've talked about this before of, of this idea of creating more than you consume because when you start looking at other people's Instagram accounts or their YouTube channel or their podcasts and, oh, I'm not doing that and I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And you start getting pulled in all these directions and then you hit that point where it's like, oh, nothing's working. This doesn't work. Um, you might even have hired like social media consultants or different people. Maybe it's been a virtual assistant and, oh, this doesn't work. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. And what we actually have to do is, again, I mean, it's, it might be the same answer, no matter the question you ask me, but it's also, it's to take a step back to understand where, where do we want to go? And so if we want to grow your podcast, for instance, you're going to spend your time and your energy in a different place than if you really want to enroll five clients in your group program right now. Right. And so the, the energy that you put into those different things only comes from being clear on what your goal is for the month. And so what I, I like to tackle it in 90 day cycles. And I do a process that that I call identify, test, and refine. And so first thing is to identify what what is it that we want to focus on in the next 90 days. Because if you are really clearly focused on that thing for 90 days at a time, you will be so much further than if you tried to focus on 10 different things in that same period. And maybe there are certain um, emotion or uh, authority types that thrive in that situation. But for the most part, what I found is that when you can be really clear about, let's use the podcast, I want to, I want to grow my podcast in the next 90 days. I want to get, so, okay, so now how many listeners do you have? How many do you want? 
or subscribers? How many um, you know downloads are you getting? How many do you want? So that you have something real and concrete. And it doesn't necessarily need to be monetary. It doesn't need to be, I want to make $5,000 next month. Mm -hmm. It can be, I want to gain 10 followers. You know, it could be something that's more achievable for you. So first you want to identify it and then you want to test it. And so the only way you can test it is by having those parameters. I like to use 90 days. I do it with my clients on the agency side and consulting so that we're really focused because in 90 days, it's enough time to gain momentum on something. And it's also enough time to kind of review what you just did. In, it, it's a good sort of sample size, if you will, of time spent on an activity. And so if it's to grow your podcast, what, what are we going to test in those 90 days? Am I going to post every day online? Am I going to, I don't know, run Facebook ads? You know, there, there's all now, now you brainstorm and you dump all the things you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And you look at it from that perspective of what's really going to move me forward in those 90 days. Mm-hmm. And let's write down what we're going to test. And then at the end, you refine it. You look at what just happened in the 90 days. What did you like? How did it feel? Um, and I, and I want to be clear too, like sometimes you might, like let's, for instance, I actually picked a month where I went live every single day on Facebook. And um, this was maybe a year and a half ago. And I looked at it at the month's end Again, you should use 90 days, not a month. <laughs> but um, I looked at it, I'm like, man, it doesn't feel like anyone watched it. And again, that's just how I felt, right? Like I didn't feel like anyone watched it, but I actually then went back and looked. And I had more engagement than I had ever had. And then what started happening is when I would see people out in, in the world, in the real world, they'd say, oh, I saw your video about this. And what about this? And so it was, the, it was that... Um, consistency of setting that clear goal for that certain amount of time and then looking back at it and saying what worked, what didn't work. For me, it wasn't realistic to go live every single day, but it was a short time period where I'm like, I could do this every day for a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's like the parameters of I that would move me forward because I wanted to get more in that goal specifically. I wanted to get more comfortable speaking on live video Mm -hmm. and I was already felt pretty good at it, but I noticed that I just wasn't doing it. So I wanted to one, get in the habit of doing it and two, be more comfortable doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a good example of something that's not monetary too, of, of yeah. like a goal that's not monetary. That's so helpful. And I think we can all utilize that three-step process in different ways and as it applies to anyone who has a business or even just a not monetary goal in their life. I'm so excited to be partnering with Let's Get Checked. I've talked about them on the show, and they are a new partner who offers a wide range of tests to cover your health needs. And the amazing thing about this company is that after you collect your sample, you return it on the same day using a prepaid shipping label. I've done this on my own body and and through several tests of theirs already, and the results have been back to me within two to five days. Their kits are manufactured in accredited facilities. They have a team of physicians that review your orders and your results, as well as a team of nurses that are available 24-7 to help with treatment options. And you can track your lab and health information from one place on the free app on your phone, as well as speak to their care team 24-7. And this is also a really easy, convenient way to get treated with their ERX system. So you not only get your results, but you get your results interpreted. And you can start to make the changes in your health, in your body, based on 
your individualized results. To save 20% on all of the test kits, go to letsgetchecked.com and use the code EMPATH for again 20% off. Have you found working with any clients specifically or just noticed any themes that have worked really well as far as that more experimental phase in gaining more clients, more one-on-one clients? Yeah, a couple things. So there, there's, especially when you are using something like social media to gain clients, and you probably teach on this too, is that you can't post every single day with like, buy my thing, buy my thing, work with me, right. do this. <laughs> and so really having um, like the, the structure in place to okay, uh, am I going to tell stories? Am I going to, like, what is happening in my real life that I can share? And then almost, you know, I'm not type A or OCD, but I, this, this is helpful. Again, when you look at it in 90 days, let's say in 90 days from now, you have a certain number of clients you want to have. So that needs, that promotion of that needs to start now. And maybe you do more of like the promotional launch style stuff where you're like enrolling people and really pushing for a course towards the end of that 90 days. But now you have a framework to work within knowing that you're really going to provide a lot of value on the front end Mm -hmm. so that by the time you get to whatever, you know, your offer, um, you know, there, people are now, they're more invested in you. Um, that's just one strategy. I, you know, there's a lot of different strategies out there. Um, the biggest one is just, there's a person on the other side of that. Yeah message. Like you can tell when you get a direct message or when you get, if you're on LinkedIn, when you get one of those annoying messages, you know, it's just a bot regurgitating something. It's this long thing that you don't want to read. You're like, delete, get get out of here. (laughs) But when you can remember that it's a person Mm -hmm. and your job is not necessarily to sell them in DMs, but it's to listen to them because the more you can just ask questions what are they struggling with? Why? How do they like, how does it make them feel? Then you can actually see if what you have to offer might be a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of like a second strategy in itself. If you're constantly working the DMS, for instance, Mm -hmm. just getting really good at like listening to people and not like, uh, I don't know, following a script of like asking three specific questions yeah. and then saying, do you want to get on a call? It, it, it's like, no, I don't want to, you know, no, I never Just- want to get on a call. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, I actually, I really love the um, first point you made as well, which is I think there can be a misconception that when we're in a, when we're sharing something, selling something that then we need to, in every post be like, buy this thing. And that does not work and your your community is going to get really sick and tired of that just like we all know what it feels like to get a gross slimy dm in our inbox that feels super copy and pasted or from a bot and someone's asking you to you know jump on an hour call with them and you're like i don't even know who you are and that hour of my life is precious and you can't have it <laughs> so yeah. no and instead there's so much cultivating of a relationship because there is a real human being on the other side of that screen, even though you're just seeing maybe their little circle of a picture or whatever their Instagram handle is or whatever. Regardless, there's a human on the other side. And those 
I've, I've even heard from my, some, some of my clients in the past, well, Sarah, I posted about this offer and no one's bought it yet. Okay. Well, how many times have you posted about it? One time, the first time you ever launched something, you posted about it once, no one bought it and you're going to throw in the towel, like girlfriend, no. (laughs) So we need to keep cultivating and building and sharing the value and teachings and building these relationships and then sprinkle in the sales because we all got to, if you're running a business, yeah, you're going to sell and you're going to, you need to make money to cover your bills the way they need to have money to cover their bills. But there's so much more to it than just that very like standard sales post. Yeah. And then to that point too, is let's say you did post it one time and no one bought, but did you go and strike up a conversation with the 10 people who liked it? Or did you comment back to anyone who cut It's social media. You have to, you have to engage with people. And I think the biggest thing that I see is that, especially when it's our own offer, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, or our own offering, and you know how valuable it could be to people is your, I see people get really attached to the offer itself Mm -hmm. and like the outcome of making that sale. Um, And I had a mentor tell me, and I actually have it here on a post-it on my computer is when someone messages you or takes the time to like engage in that conversation, listen to respond to what they're saying. Don't listen like in the context of how can this fit into my offer? Right. You almost have to detach from that outcome because you may not be the right fit for that person. They may not be struggling with a problem that you can help, but they might be, but you wouldn't know until you actually can talk to them and hear what it is that that they specifically are struggling with and see if what you have makes sense for them too. I've also had clients come to me and I've personally experienced this too, where someone ends up in your container, whether it is a one-on-one coaching container or a group coaching container or an online course. And this person is clearly not the best fit for this offer. And we, you know, scratch our heads and we're like, how did this person end up as a client or in this container? And oftentimes it's because we, you know, maybe not, didn't have a great screening process or we didn't ask the right questions to really get to know them and, and see if this was the best fit or opportunity for them to say yes to. And again, I've worked with clients who have shared the same kind of sentiments as myself of like, then that becomes very draining and very exhausting, probably not just for you, probably for them as well. And then there's the whole, you know, break quote, breaking up with a client, which is never super fun. I've had, I've only had to do it, I think once, but it's still not a fun process. And it's something that I think can really be avoided by just taking more curiosity in the, in people on the other end of a conversation, asking really great questions and being really intentional about who this offer is for and also communicating that really well, which I think brings up the next point, which is there's a lot of things that we are told, uh, in, you know, webinars and on social media or in more traditional forms of business marketing like books or school or whatever on what we, you know, quote, should be doing to grow our business versus what we should actually be doing to grow our business. So what are your thoughts and opinions on that? (laughs) Yes. It's actually the reason I started my own, my podcast is because when I first launched my business, I 
I am also an information gatherer. And at the time I was transitioning from a career in PR and publicity where I was always on the go and always in getting our clients in the press, but I was kind of at their beck and call at the the media schedule, so to speak. And so when I launched this business, I, I knew that I wanted to have it fully be online. And I knew that I wanted to be able to serve people using different digital marketing strategies. And so I really had to immerse myself in learning everything I possibly could about it. And in a short period of time. And so what I found is that you know, when you listen to these things, it's, it's all these strategies that sometimes have no context. And then you get on their email list and you're getting 50 emails a day and it's like your head's exploding. Yeah. And so I was overwhelmed all the time. I reached a point six months in and I'm like, my eyes are spinning. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I've consumed all this information, but now what do I do with it? <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, the, the reason I launched my podcast is because I, I want each episode to be about something specific that you can take it or leave it. But if you take it, I, I want you to go and implement it, or I want you to think about how it can work into your business. And so I, I think that the shoulds come from seeing what everyone else is doing and feeling like we're not enough or feeling like we have to keep up, feeling like, you know, people would look at you and say, oh, she has a podcast and she has all these courses. And I don't have, all I have is a group program or, and it's, it's, that's, that's probably where you started, right? Like everyone starts somewhere and you can't compare where you are with someone who you see one time on a YouTube video or one listen to one time in a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I think the shoulds come from feeling like we're never enough and we're not keeping up. And so again, it goes back to what's actually really going on in your specific business. And this is, this is why I think my agency has been so successful because we're able to look at each business specifically and why, you know, why people stay with me for consulting and that type of thing and say, what's really happening and what is going to make the most sense for your business right now? Because I could, you know, I could talk for hours about Facebook ads or Google ads, but your business might not benefit from that. Mm -hmm. I could talk about organic strategies and content strategies, but maybe that's not the fastest way to move your business forward right now. Mm -hmm. And so when you can understand like what you're really good at, what people, why people work with you, why they come to you and how you really help them, you can then tailor the sales and the marketing strategy to enhance that experience Mm -hmm. so that, you know, maybe you do start small, maybe you do only start on Instagram or you do only start with a podcast. You know, I wouldn't recommend starting with podcast, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, but if that's for you, you know, really go all in and maximize it and figure out how to leverage it so that it fits into your profitable um, your profitability structure and your business model. Yeah. Um, I think, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is actually not having a business model, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I didn't, when I first started, I didn't even really understand the concept, but a business model is really simply how do people, you know, one find you, how do they retain your services or pay you? And then how do you retain them? How do you keep working? And everyone's looks a little bit different. There's different, um, there's different ways you can set them up that sort of look the same, but then everyone kind of operates within that differently. So it's really, it's, it's, it has to be something that works for you and understanding that is, is the first step. 
Yeah, I'm loving this. And it, you actually reminded me of a quote one of my very first yoga teachers ever said, which is, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And obviously this was in reference to yoga postures because there can be a lot of comparison in that world of how close you get to your splits versus the person next to you. And it's the same thing in damn social media and online business as well, where, you know, you don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or so they're in their third, third quarter. Like we don't know. And even like, it's kind of goes along with the saying of don't judge a book by its cover too, because on the outside you could see somebody and I I've learned this cause I've talked to, to people and there's people who have hundred thousand followers and aren't making, they aren't monetizing that Instagram following at all. Zero percent. There are people with 2000 followers who are making $500,000 a year. And I know some of these people. And so we can assume that the person or who has five, 10, 15, 20 courses is making a shit ton of money, but that may not actually be the case versus the person who has one really solid offer that's converting at a high rate or high percentage might be doing way better and, and building more abundance in their business. And so it's really easy to judge, you know, the outside of anybody's life or business, especially in the modern age of social media, like by that cover, but there's you know, we don't actually know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes unless they're sharing their financials with us every month or something, which not many business owners do that. So you also made a really good point around leveraging our skills and, you know, figuring out, figuring out what we're really good at. How do we figure out what we're good at and then leverage that in order to build more abundance within our businesses? Hmm. And I think especially in this context of people who are listening, who are coaches, that could, that can be difficult to do, especially when you're in the earlier stages of maybe you're about to launch or you haven't launched. Um, I just actually worked with someone on developing this and the, the very first thing is to make a list of everyone you've ever worked with. I mean, or, and let's say you haven't taken on clients, go back and think about in your, maybe it's a corporate career or if if you're a stay at home mom, even like think about, think about interactions that you've loved or like people that you've helped in some capacity and just write it all down. And this is just sort of like to get the process started, so to speak. Um, And then I like to create a couple columns next to each name of like, what did I like about working with that or on that project? Or, I mean, let's say you spearheaded a PTA fundraiser or something. I mean, there's, there's places to look, even if you haven't traditionally worked yet in your field and what you, and what did I like? What did I not like so much? I mean, maybe there was like drama or something, or maybe you had a boss who really sucked, but usually there's things that come out of, for instance, you know, I really loved working. I, when I had, when I was working in PR, there were definitely things I didn't like about it, but what I loved was really supporting my clients to have this business that then thrived. And I, like the reason I then started my agency is I wanted to take it to the next level and I wanted to continue to cultivate that. But it wasn't until I kind of was able to like take a step back and actually like list out, okay, I really like this and I didn't like this. And that's, that's a good starting point if you're kind of figuring it out or you're just starting or even like in the first year of business, go back and look at all the people who have paid you up to this point. 
I don't care if they paid you two cents, you know, if they paid you something, go back and look and do this analysis on yourself. Ask yourself whatever those questions are that are kind of feel good to you of like, did, did I, did they pay on time? You know, yes or no. <laughs> Were they a good client? Um, all those things that you could kind of take into consideration. And I think from that, typically trends start to emerge of like, man, I'm really good at supporting people in this capacity. Um, but when these types of situations occur, either like I don't like them or I struggle with um, guiding people through. And I want to be clear too, just because you like struggle with it, it doesn't mean to not continue to pursue it. You have to, again, look at the context. Maybe that's just the next thing for you to learn. Maybe, you know, it, it, and so that's one way to start to develop, to figure out what it is you're really good at. Um, and like the next step from there, as you kind of grow into being a business owner and having your business, I think that it sort of naturally happens through trial and errors. You just get better at positioning yourself, which just means you just get better at seeing how you help people, like what problem you solve and how you help people. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to have some formula, you know, like some Instagram bio that says, I help people do this in X, Y, and Z in 90 days. And Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but you just get better at explaining concisely how you can help people and like what problem you truly solve. And so if, if you're looking, if you're out there and you're listening and you're looking for like, well, I don't even know what I'm good at. Just start making lists because, and don't use your memory because sometimes even just writing it out, you like, you start to remember things or you're like, Oh, I did really help that. Like I forgot about that person. (laughs) And, and then you sometimes like I've done it before and I realize, Oh, I I really don't want to be doing that in that capacity. (laughs) Right. Um, and you real, okay. And then you can even kind of backtrack. How did I, like, how did I get connected with that person? I really loved working with that client. That was a great client for me. Um, in fact, I've reverse engineered this. I have some clients who've been with me since I started my agency and a maybe a year or two ago, I sat down and was like, gosh, these guys are fantastic. I love to talk to them. They trust and respect me. They pay on time. <laughs> you know, they're, they, they show up to our meetings prepared. How did I find them? Like, what was the course? What did our relationship, how did it evolve? And like, sometimes even doing that stuff, I was then able to kind of, okay, I, I like to go after these types of people for yeah. clients. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're right in that, we may not know exactly what we're really, really good at or our zone of genius is or the problem that we solve in the very beginning of a coaching business because you haven't practiced yet. And so that practice is so, so valuable to just, even if it's for a testimonial or for free, or it's like a, you know, just a small exchange of energy. And that's what I now have a coach training program that's eight months long. It's called Illuminated and the coaches inside are all practicing with each other. And it is insane. Like they came in kind of questioning, can I do this? And now they're practicing. And in that practice, it's again, so valuable because they're realizing I really like this. This is so, so oh my gosh, I just held space for that transformation. And she got, I can't even believe I helped her that much. Like, and they're figuring out what am I really good at through that practice, through doing that repetition of over and over again versus it's just so normal in the beginning to not be super, super clear on what that is. 
Yeah. And I think it's really, you know, when you were talking, I realized sometimes it's just even looking at your own journey, yes. but having someone to either say it out loud to, or write it down mm-hmm. of like, okay, how did I get from there to there? Especially if that's what you're going to be coaching on. Um, and almost realize like almost trying to dig out what were, what were the turning points? What were, when did I make that shift? Um, why, who helped me in what capacity and how can I now, you know, reflect that or be of service in that capacity too? Yeah. That's so good. Kristen, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share with everyone listening? I would just say, you know, this time that we're in right now, it's, it can really be a time of abundance. Um, or, you know, it could be a time of rest. It doesn't necessarily, like, I want to encourage people just because I've struggled with this over the last few weeks that take what you need during this quarantine time. And maybe this will air much after, but it, and with any time in your business, don't be fooled or like feel like this pressure of the shoulds and shouldn'ts because you see someone else doing it. I mean, I've really realized that I just need the time to like rest and regroup and think about what's next. And it, there's no timeline on, on that for me. It's just, I, I just need the space to do it. And so I would just encourage people no matter when you're listening to this, if we're in a pandemic or not, <laughs> to always just remember that for your own business and not to compare. Mm, that's such a good reminder. And I've been really leaning into that personally as well, just giving myself some grace. And even though we're on potentially on a social media more because there's more time like to resist the urge to compare, 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 and try to keep up with whatever everyone else's pace is. So thank you for that reminder. And where can everyone find more out about you? Hmm. I think the best place is probably Instagram. It's Kristen underscore Hinman, which I'm sure you'll pop down below. And I have a podcast called Cut the Crap. which you can, if you just head to my Instagram profile, there's a bunch of link, a couple links, not a bunch, but a couple links in there, um, including actually a workbook that I developed that describes the process that, that I actually take people through. If, if you're interested in having like a physical something to write down and you can find more info there. Mm, that sounds so good. And yeah, Kristen is also part of the Soul Fire Productions family. We're super yeah. excited. And uh, go, go find her on Instagram. Kristen, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate you. Okay. So full disclosure, being part of Soul Fire Productions is the most magical, fantastical thing because it feels like a little soul tribe family of other podcast hosts where we get to collaborate and we get to mastermind and oh, it brings so much joy to my life. And I am somebody who thrives on that community. So I want to introduce you to a few more of the podcast hosts inside of this network. Today, I'm going to introduce you to the most fabulous witches. Their names are Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest of Basic Witches. These ladies are next level. It is so much fun to be a fly on the wall during their conversations, and you can ride along during their episodes with Leah and Rachel as they share their deep thoughts, deep breathing, and deep belly laughs, and open up with celebrity guests and professionals in the spiritual world that they have on as guests. They ask the basic questions so you don't have to astrology.com loves them and I think you will too. So give this fiery Gemini and Scorpio duo 
a listen anywhere podcasts can be found. And as the basic witches say, hexo, hexo. That's all for today's episode. I hope you loved this conversation. As always, check out the show notes for all of our sponsors and Kristen's contact information. And as another reminder, I have created an empath healing playlist for you. And if you want access to many hours of music that is my favorite and what I listen to when I'm going through healing, when I'm feeling the feels, when I want to be high vibe, just email me sarah at theuncensoredempath.com to learn about how you can get this free healing playlist. 